What's up, wild animals? I'm Melanie Vessi, and welcome to another promotional rescue talk show. I'm a stand-up comedian, actress, and filmmaker, and if you want to see any of my work, my comedy special, my movies, you can do that over at MelanieVessi.com. But I'm also a promotions consultant with my own company called Promotional Rescue, where I teach people how to promote themselves without feeling gross. And if you want to know anything about my services, who I work with, what have you, what I do, you can get that over at PromotionalRescue.com. Just a heads up, February 20th, uh, I am giving a website 101 workshop. It's only a $25 suggested donation. Um, I will be teaching you how to situate your website so that it works for you. So it makes you look like a pro. And also too, I'll be teaching you how to build it on Squarespace, just the basics. Now, some people have asked me, but I'm on Wix and I'm on WordPress. That's totally fine. The first half of the workshop, I'll be talking about the photos and the text and where to put stuff, the colors, how to make sure that this website actually is of service to you and what you're doing, promoting you and or your creative biz or your project. But the second half, I'll be going through step-by-step step, teaching you the basics of how to turn on a website on Squarespace or how to update it, where to put the photos, where to put the text, how to do all that stuff on the back end. So you can get all that information and or sign up at promotionalrescue.com. Please share with a friend that might need a little uh, website love. Um, on the show today, Kristen McGinnis. Now, she is an LA Times bestselling author. Uh, she is a New York Times bestselling editor. She has a book called 5150, um, and she is a fantastic writer. However, she is also a book coach, and I am taking her class right now called Five Weeks to Book Proposal. I'm currently working on the Promotional Rescue Workbook. Uh, it's going to be a book talking about personal stories, client stories, and also to how to rescue your promotion, but all in book form. And um, it's been an incredible process so far. It's really helping me figure out how to get clarity on this story. And Kristen is amazing at it. She's offering uh, another one of those coming up. She's also offering a five months to memoir uh, book coaching as well. You can get all that information about her, her services, what she does over at storyboxing.com. And she also offers, um, like if you can't go to the workshop or what have you, she also has, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An online version of it uh, on Teachable, which is really super helpful as well. Storyboxing.com. We really had a great conversation uh, about uh, Kristen because not only has she written her own book, she's also ghostwritten many books. And during the pandemic, she had this kind of come to Jesus that she realized that she didn't just want to be the co-pilot anymore. And she really wanted to step into the light, which is what so many people do, which is that they realize that they want to be the person out in front. And then she realized that she had to kick up her social media game, getting on Instagram, what have you, and making sure that she's building a community, which is something that I've always said the word audience. And I feel like actually the word community is maybe a better word for that. And we really went into in-depth um, conversation about that. And then over on my Patreon, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, the challenges of what that looks like, you know, to be, to stepping out and being that person that's right on the front lines, um, talking about what they do. And she has done it with great success. So 
I hope you guys enjoy this. And if you are an author, um, this is definitely, uh, or if you're thinking about writing a book, you have a friend that's writing a book, this is the episode uh, to watch. So thanks for tuning in, you guys. Hey, Kristen. Hello. How are you? I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad to be here. You know, I love hanging out with you, even virtually. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is this is just a dirty trick for us to hang out more. I put together I, uh, a whole podcast. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate it. It's good setup. Good setup. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kristen, you know, you you have done so. So you're an author and you have done so much. You have uh, you have books that are out. You're an L.A. Times uh, bestselling author, New York Times bestselling editor. You are in the world of making sure that books not only get written, but that they get to an audience, because now I'm taking your class, the, the five weeks to book proposal, which has been amazing. But here's the thing which that I noticed, which is that like we were totally like, yeah, here's the book you're writing. First order of business. What's your marketing plan? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> totally. And so share <laughs> with me your your promotional journey with with creating that stuff and how you've kind of handled all of that. <laughs> well, I will say we've been super lucky that the uh, inaugural class of five weeks to book proposal had you in it um, because it was like. So let's talk about marketing. And really for me, it was like, all right, Melanie, <laughs> you take over. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, it is for most books and it isn't always the case. And I think you've seen, actually, it's been really interesting in the class because there's a few projects in that class that I have even said to them offline, like, you know, platform isn't as necessary for you as it is for the rest of the folks in the course because their story is so unique or sort of it doesn't require that. But I would say that is one out of 10 stories. The other nine of them absolutely need a platform in order to launch a book. And and it's not just, it's interesting. We have like an old plane flying by right now. So <laughs> planes. <laughs> we can't hear it. So it's all good. Great, great. We're, we're near like one of those like old timey airfields. And on Saturdays, like it's a bunch of old men that are like, get out the World War II planes, guys. <laughs> A random bomber flying by, but um, amazing, amazing. The of Ojai. So, um, but for like ninety percent of people, they need a platform not just to launch and sell their book, but to sell their book to an agent and a publisher, and to get people actually interested in it. So it's not just when the day your book comes out that you have an audience there, but it's actually being able to prove that you already have an audience built in. Um, you know, and that has shifted. I mean, I started out in book publishing in the. Uh, the glory days of 1999. <laughs> you and I have um, haunted such similar basements in New York City. But, um, but I, uh, you know, at that time, you know, platform was still something that could, you know, it's sort of like the people who have platforms got the really big advances. But everyday folks who didn't have a platform, uh, they could still get book deals because what platform was there really to build? Right. You know, and now platforms have been democratized, which is amazing, but also has raised the bar. You know, when you're going to sell a book, you are going up against somebody with a social media following. And if you don't have one or you don't have some sort of proof of platform, that guy gets a book deal and you don't. Oh, so, I hate that story because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I work with artists all the time and 
What's challenging is that, you know, we want to believe as artists that, you know, our art alone will stand on its own. And yes, it should and it will. However, uh, it it will never hurt to grow an audience while you're doing this process. It will never hurt your your saleability, your ability to connect with larger opportunities to I mean, it will never hurt. But it is very challenging, I think, for artists, you know, writers and whoever to hear that. You know what I mean? Because so many people, like I say, go into this cave to write and then they come out and then they're totally like, here I am. And yeah. then it's like, you yeah. know, what's there? Yeah. Yeah. Then they run back into the cave, you know, so it's, <laughs> they're like, never mind. I was not. I didn't want it. I had nothing. I had nothing to say. Um, <laughs> so I, talk to me about how you've dealt with that. I mean, so. So How I did you back into the cave. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I saw, I mean, I've seen both sides, you know, I mean, I published my book now 10 years ago. So it's been, you know, I've, I've ghostwritten a number of books between then and now, but um, yeah. the last time I had a book out with my name on it, it was 10 years ago and I lucked out. I got a lot of actually like traditional media for it. I was on the Today Show. I was in USA Today, Marie Claire, and my, I had a really great publicist. And I do strongly suggest that. Like, I mean, yeah. people, I'm like, hire your own publicist. I mean, I had a publicist from the book publisher, but they didn't do anything, you know, and they know that. I mean, that's no, I mean, they were like, literally, they were just like, ah, here's some radio show in Canada, you know? And it was like, oh, great. Um, so I, um, so it was my, pub, you know, the publicist that I hired who had booked all my great media. But then I really failed to recognize that I had to pick up that ball and run with it. Mm. You know, that like that was where that that wasn't the end, that that was actually the beginning. And I really, you know, it was 2010. So a lot of these platforms were still fairly new. You know, I mean, I got an iPhone. I remember in 2009 thinking I need to get on this Twitter thing. <laughs> And um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that Instagram, you know, um, and so and it's funny because I wasn't even that I was like 30. I was a fairly I was fairly young. Yeah. At the time. Um, and I still felt like antiquated for these things that I'm now using. But um, but I sort of I think that for me, when I when I then didn't you know, when the, the applause died down, I ran back into the cave because I didn't know that it wasn't just about getting the media, it was actually about building a community. And I think that that's for me become like, I don't really look at it as like even building an audience because an audience is gonna watch the show get up and leave, you know? And that's what happened to me. I had an audience, they watched the show, they got up and they left and I didn't ever bring, I didn't invite them back in. And, you know, community is something that you're way more engaged in. And, and I really didn't recognize that that's what I had to do um, to continue to have that kind of public presence. So for many years, I did go back into the cave and I just I just kept writing and it wasn't really like taking me where I wanted it to take me. Oh my God, I'm. you've said so many things that I'm so glad have come out of your mouth. You know what I mean? Because I can't stress this enough to people because sometimes when people come to me, they think that by getting that larger opportunity, by getting the publisher, by getting the manager, by getting the agent, by getting the TV show or whatever, that they're going to handle it. And I'm telling you, 
they don't or they do a little because their roster is full. And unless you are like the biggest of the big on that, like they're mostly just kind of sometimes going towards the biggest people and even the biggest people. I mean, I work with some pretty major people, even that they have said that they're disappointed in their management, their agents or whatever for doing this work. So you have to to do your work to push that ball forward. It's it's very hard because we I think as artists, we do this work and we just think we're going to hand this baton off to somebody. And the truth of the matter is, it's always you. You're always going to be the, the best person to run that show. Yeah. And and again, I mean, it was, you know, they I actually had somebody who did his job. I had a publicist who gave me all the things that you'd want. But you, um, but yeah, it is. It's that idea that like, oh, if I get the book deal and I get the Today Show, like I just, I'm going to sit back and pack pop bonbons or something, you know? And like, and I do think it's like. <laughs> and bonbons get such bonbons. a bad rap. Like bonbons, like do, do the kids even know what bonbons are? They don't even sell bonbons anymore, I don't think. But it's me- ice cream, kids. It's yes. chocolate covered ice cream. Ice cream. Not this thing. And it's something that we use to say like, oh, like just housewives, like people who are well taken care of or just home, like popping bonbons. Yeah. I think there was a commercial likely in maybe the early 80s where there's like a wealthy woman sitting. I don't know if this is true. And is this it? I might have made this up when I was a kid. Honestly, it's whether did this exist? Did I? I don't know. But I have a the marketing worked of a commercial of a very wealthy woman and like a robe with like fur lined, you know, like a fur lined, fuzzy lined robe. And she's yeah. sitting in a lounge chair by a pool with a thing of bonbons, chocolate covered ice cream balls, and she's popping them. Now, here's the thing. The marketing worked so good that we are still talking about it 40 years later, which yeah. is fucking yeah. hilarious. Okay. Back to the conversation. You were also saying about the difference between audience and community. And I'm so glad you said that because I think I I might maybe start changing my language around that because I do always say audience. You know what I mean? But because I feel like it's kind of like a a level, you know, word that everybody understands. But you're right. We are in a conversation and we don't want to feel like we're just talking at them with a microphone. We want to feel like we are here for the conversation. I get them, they get me, we're, we're growing together. It's, it's like a relationship. Yeah. Well, again, I just don't think audiences stay, you know, um, where when you have a community, it's something that you're building and you, and so it's, I mean, it, that was a big piece for me when I began to see that shift. Also, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to build an audience. Like, that's like, that's the icky side of promotion, you know? But I'm like, oh, but community, like, I mm. want to be part of community. Like, that feels like an alignment with my values. And like, yeah, that's where, and I'm still, I mean, I'm still really learning how to do that. But I think the people who have been most effective at doing it and who are also authentic, I mean, I think there are people who've built very big audiences, right? I mean, that would be like the Kardashian, like, you would never say that they, and God love them. I mean, I'm not really like, I, I really could care one one way or the other about them, but I think that um, they're not interested in building a community. They've built an audience, a very, very, very big audience, you know? Mm. But I think that's why when you th- think of that, you're like, oh God, I don't want to do that. But that's actually, because no, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then the people I know who've actually built community, like they have big followings, but they're really interactive with those followings, you know? 
they know those people and they've, and I'm, you know, it's something that I've seen is actually what's really cool about social media. It's made, it's taken the ick out of social media for me because I've now like, I've met really amazing women on Instagram that I'm now friends with, like in the real world, you know, and like we support each other and they, you know, we recognize that like Instagram is the tool of commerce for us. It's part of our business, but also like, it's also a tool for real genuine community. Yeah. And I also feel like, too, with community, it's like you're not just coming at them with one thing. It's like you can offer other things. Right. And so much a part of this, too, is about sharing. You know what I mean? It's like we're not just making posts. It's like you're sharing about what's going on with you. And it's like you wouldn't be, you know, mad at somebody if you met them at a party and they told you what was going on with them. It's like, yeah, yeah you're just telling people what's going on with you. It's it's yeah. you're allowed to exist. Like it's yeah. fucking okay, you know. Totally. So talk to me about like when you're working with 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 authors because you know, you do coaching and you have these classes, you know, you've got the the five week book proposal and then soon you've got the five months to memoir, which is amazing coming up. Talk to me about like when you are working with clients specifically about that marketing packaging that, you know, because you see it on both sides. You've been the, the author that has sold a book to somebody and then you've helped you've helped judge based on whether or not authors get the deal. So talk about what people are like publishers, what they're looking for when they see that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think what I mean, I do. I think that. They- they are looking for community. I mean, really, that's mm. what they're looking for. And it doesn't have to be in the um, in the shape of followers. Like it doesn't. I mean, it. I mean, more and more, I will say there's an element of laziness around that. And I, you know, I, last year I had a, an author who um, he said stuff in the New York Times. He is a beautiful writer. Um, he's a Latinx man and he's got this like incredible story. And it was probably one of my favorite book proposals I've ever worked on. I mean, he's just such a beautiful writer and he has 10,000 Instagram followers, but he, he lectures across the country and normal lecture times right um he does a lot of work and yet they balked really that his platform wasn't big enough you Mm. know and it was like at ten thousand. i mean that was like a number you know and around the same period i had another client who had a self-help book and you know she's got um, 20,000 followers but here's the difference i don't think it was the difference between 10 and 20 it was the difference between her 20,000 followers or a very engaged community. Hmm. There's a lot of traction on her posts. There's a lot of interaction between, and I think that, and here's what I think, I think the publishers didn't just say, oh, 10 isn't, like there's some magical threshold. I think they went and looked. And I think they saw, oh, wow, this person really has a community. There's People are talking, they're engaging. They're going to buy a book from her. And when they looked at him, you know, they saw 20 comments and they saw, mm. you know, I mean, he, I think he has decent likes, but, you know, maybe just not. A, they didn't see that same level of like, this is really interactive and this is a space where people are talking and, you know, and so, um And the other thing is she does have a podcast. I mean, she just, so I think that for people that are building, and this is as we did in the class, right? Like I always say to folks when, and this is why I love book, this is my pitch for book proposals and also why people should take the class, but more than, more than that, why book proposals are so amazing. And even if you're not ready to sell the book because your platform isn't where it needs to be, Mm. 
the book proposal gives you the space to really figure out your marketing strategy and an aspirational strategy. Like, okay, maybe I'm not where I need to be now, but where does it make most sense for me to invest my time and efforts? You know, so, and that might not be Instagram. I mean, I have people like, it makes no sense why they would have an Instagram following. That's not who they are. Like, they're not going to take pictures or post quotes, but they're writers. And I'm like, okay, great. Just start posting articles to Medium. Mm. Just start getting yourself out there. And like all it takes, you know, is that one post. I mean, I think we were talking about Tracy McMillan the other day, right? And I think it was 2012 when she had that Huffington Post piece go viral. Yeah, it was on HuffPo. I mean, at that time, it was it was like the medium of its time, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, you just never know, you know, if that's a better space for you to be building a community, then go there, you know? And so I think for me, I, d- I never want to see people just feel like, oh, I have to like build this thing on. I mean, I think Instagram is now for most people the preferred method just because Twitter doesn't really translate into the same kind of community build unless you're like a comedian or into politics. Like I think Twitter works really well for some people, but most of the people I work with are in the personal development world. So Instagram is sort of like the natural home for that. Yeah. And, um, but I just, I think that like, unless it's something that really is in alignment with who you are, then like, let's figure out the other ways to really start getting content out there. So that's what we do. I mean, we really sit down and we figure out that strategy, you know, and, and then, you know, as they're working through the content piece, Um, you know, it's like, you know, okay, so this is the areas in which I want to start building my platform. Okay. Now I know the content that I actually want to utilize for my book. Let me start utilizing that content across my platform build as I'm getting everything else done on this proposal. And hopefully by the time I have this proposal really in order, my platform looks a little bit different and I actually have a shot at selling a book. Oh my God. This is so great. Yes. I mean, Tracy wrote that article. She got a book deal from it. I mean, it was really like, Incredible. And um, which is essentially like what we all want by putting stuff out there. You know what I mean? We're really hoping that whatever we've put out there catches. You know what I mean? And I completely agree that it's like find your place to do it. But I'm also from the school of like, sure, put it on Medium, but also figure out how you can put it on the other platforms, whether it's a picture of it or, uh, you know, whether you can post that Medium link to your Twitter and make sure that, you know, whatever, it can be shareable there. Like, we really want people to be able to get you that you're at wherever everybody else is at. Like, you're never not in the conversation. So a lot of times when I'm working with clients, they're like, well, I'm not on Twitter and I will wa- show them like I put their name into Twitter. And even though they're not on Twitter, people are talking about them on fucking Twitter. And I'm like, you have years. Sometimes we find out that my clients have press that they didn't know that they had. <laughs> and I'm like, did you know this? You know what I mean? Or sometimes you find out like I was I was going to work with this guy who had a restaurant and I guess someone had a bad experience at his restaurant. Yeah tweeted about it and now that's the first tweet you see when you go and and about his restaurant so he had no way to fix that to be like hey man sorry we were having a rough night come back in we'll get you a drink like there was no like able to fix that like that thing is just looming out there you know what i mean so i'm always like just kind of be everywhere you don't have to be like you know Kim Kardashian on every platform, but it's like at least be there. So when that conversation starts on that platform, you can jump in or you can whatever, do damage control should should something happen, you know, which I hope no one has to do. Please, people, please fucking take care of yourself. (laughs) 
that mean I have to finally be on Twitter, Melanie? Because I really you okay? So you are a writer, one hundred percent. Twitter is for writers, and you are so smart. You are so quick. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like, and I feel like sometimes people get really flipped out about these platforms. And just to demystify it and break it all down, posting on social media is a photo and it's text on all platforms. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're just doing a post on Twitter that's just words, like it will help it to have a photo. Photos do help grow that engagement. Um, However, if it's not a photo, you know, Twitter understands that it's just text over there. But um, yeah, you're a writer. You should definitely be in those conversations. over. I think I've tweeted like three times. Uh, One one time I was like literally taking a poop. It's like a picture of me on the toilet. I was like, this is the the only time I would ever have to tweet. And I think I made like two other comments in the history. That's my Twitter feed. You were totally like, uh, yeah, bathroom breaks. Uh, here we are. You know what I mean? Like if I want to add Twitter into my schedule, this is the only time that I have to tweet. So there so, you go. And here's the thing, too, about, like, yeah, I understand, like, time, right? So I'm always from the school that you can put the same thing on all the platforms. So yeah. whatever you put on Instagram. Now, here's the thing, too. I've seen your Instagram posts, and they can be long. You're kind of using them as a blog, yeah. which is totally yeah. fine. But even if you just kind of sum that all up into 280 characters, like really do like crazy editing on it, you know, just kind of like a moment. And then also too, some people do threads, you know, you can do a thread. If it's really like something that you really want to get out there and it's more than that one tweet, you can do those six or seven or eight threads, you know what I mean, about it. And so, um, because I feel like in, in being a writer that is, is Twitter is like the writer's space. Like it really is. You're like, oh my God, no. But I feel like the worst client. I'm like, oh no. But see, <laughs> it's so funny. But like when I talk to people about it, watching yeah. their body language, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, like <laughs> they do recoil, right? So usually what I would do in that moment is I would try and figure out what's going on. Like what is the actual fear around it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar. I mean, I, you probably would have seen that same reaction to me around Instagram a few years ago because I didn't, I had yet to figure out how I could make it something that felt natural to me and not awkward. Yeah. You know? um, and it was weird because Facebook, I never had that with, like, I just always had, cause you know, and the reason, well, I know why. So in Facebook, everybody who I am friends with on Facebook, I'm friends with in real life. Yes. So there was no, there was never anything other than I'm just like saying something on Facebook to everybody I'm already friends with, you know, like it's just a really big room. It was like yeah. an enormous meeting. Right. So that never like really threw me. The Instagram, like I knew, and I had like an Instagram account for years that was like 500 followers. It was just friends, you know? Um, But once I decided to actually build like a public Instagram that like people are going to follow me that don't know me in real life, like that was the shift. That was, that's where the E showed up, like, right? That I didn't know, like, how do I actually connect with people who I don't know? And I had to, I mean, community was really what allowed me to do that, that I was like, yes. okay, like I get, like, this is fine. Like I can do it in this way. And initially I had to come in through like the mom door. Like I was doing a lot of mom content, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, okay, I can always bitch and moan about me. I'm a, I mean, I'm a bitch and moan kind of mother. Cause I really <laughs> should never have been a mom. Like one of those people. It's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> 
It's like I fell into some job that like all of a sudden, like 10 years later, you were like, this was not the right career track. (laughs) You can't leave. (laughs) Well, I think you're you're spot on where it's like Facebook is a lot of friends and family. It is that. and and, And here's the thing that now after this current climate can be a very toxic place for a lot of people because it is friends and family, right? So then we have friends and family. Then on Instagram, we have friends and family and some strangers. Yes. Then on Twitter, we have straight up strangers because Aunt Judy is is not fucking on Twitter. I do know though, she did make an account because she wanted to follow Trump, right? And she's just got an egg profile. She maybe followed you. And then you're like, oh, Aunt Judy's watching. She's not there anymore because she didn't figure out what was going on and that guy's gone. And so, but so yeah, it is that kind of like, but I also feel like too, what happens a lot of times is when we grow too, as not only creatives, but also as business people, because you have a creative business, you you help people, you coach people, you offer services, you get to the point where you reach the limit of friends and family. Absolutely. And you're like, I gotta start considering how I am attractive to strangers and also to larger opportunities. And I would suggest you being on Twitter simply because you know, you've got some new books that you're working on. If they get featured anywhere, those larger opportunities are always on Twitter, press, publications. You want them, if they're talking about you, to be like, at Kristen McGinnis, you know what I mean? Or whatever your handle is. And then you want to make sure that you're there if that conversation is happening. You don't want to miss that opportunity to retweet or to thank or to ride that moment or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I do feel, I mean, similarly, the one area that I have felt like I should I feel what I would like to do on Twitter. Like, I think, it, again, I think it's like all about figuring out which door do you feel comfortable entering, right? Because some can feel like a big drawbridge with a moat in front of them. And you're like, I am not taking that route. Um, so I've, I've always thought like, I actually would love to get into the habit of retweeting and like making my mm. comments on other, like, I love that about Twitter. It's one of my favorite things that like, that's not, you don't do that on Instagram, right? right. Like I've, I've always loved that on Facebook is the share and I'm, and that's where I'm actually my funniest usually is like when I'm sharing other people's content, I'm making my little funny comment, right? Yes. I'm very good at that and I enjoy it, you know, yes. I'm like snark, snark, snark. <laughs> so. Well, and I also feel like too, cause people, what happens also too. So when I make a post on, you know, the difference between making a post on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on Facebook, hundreds of people melanie wow it's just the melanie party yeah. same thing on instagram oh my god so great twitter three people you know what I, mean? I don't know what it is people just don't respond in the same way however here's the dirty trick and i'm and i'm telling this to my audience yeah. as well go over to your twitter and go into the menu go into the settings go into the analytics and see how many people you're reaching and it will blow your mind even if you're not even using twitter to like any sort of world domination, people yeah. are like, whoa, like I didn't realize, like I have clients who like are realizing they're reaching like hundreds of thousands of people. They're like, how? And I'm like, it's weird. People don't engage in the same way, but they're seeing your stuff. So yeah, know that about your analytics and how they can kind of help you to understand that. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. <laughs> All right. One more thing. to Can I give you a child? I'll give you a child and then I can do Twitter. <laughs> so you've got a couple of books that you are um, 
that you're working on right now. So so talk about where they're at right now and what kind of your uh, your plan is for that stuff. Well, um, one of them is a novel. It's called Live Through This. Um, it was I started writing it in 2016. It's set in the year of 2016. Um, I did not anticipate that year was going to go the way it went. Like at the wow. time when I started writing, I was like, and then Hillary Clinton's going to be president. And it was like literally like the day like after I was like, so that went another direction. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, but it's it opens actually with a mass shooting, um, mm-hmm. and it uh, and it's really about one woman's realization of like we can't keep quiet anymore. So um, it kind of has that feel of network of like I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And- oh, I just got goosebumps. Network is such an amazing movie yes yes and i like that moment you know when he screams out the window and everybody joins him like i always you know we've had that we've gotten to see it now a few times culturally you know but i like i remembered that always stuck with me i think i saw it in like the late 90s and there was such a long period where it didn't feel like anyone was hanging out the window and they were just like trapped inside angry you know um, and so, um, and when I started writing the book, it was already about that. It was already just feeling that way as a human that like, I'm just mad as hell. And like, mm. you know, the system just doesn't work anymore, you know? And, um, so that's, that's lived through this. Um, and so it is going to, I'm literally doing final edits this week and it is going out to a few friends, um, including our, our friend, Sarah Blake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she has, um, presuming she likes it, she's agreed to blurb it and a couple other folks. So I'm trying to get some blurbs on it before it goes to publishers, hopefully next month. So my agent's pregnant right now. And literally her pregnancy is my deadline. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she's doing that in May. And I'm like, oh, I gotta yeah, get, gotta this, get done. this done. But also, too, you're already thinking about it. So this is what I'm always trying to tell people is that, like, don't wait to come out of the cave to, like, get this stuff done. It's like you're thinking about what you're going to need for marketing. You're going to need blurbs. You're going to need, you know, reviews if people don't understand what that means. It's like you're going to need to send this to, to people so that that will help then this package. And then also to the ultimate sale, whether it's to a publisher or self publishing all of these things you need to start thinking of before it's all done, right? Before the train has left the station. Absolutely. Well, and so, I mean, years ago, I had this same book. I had a draft of it in 2017 that I took out and I realized very quickly that my platform was actually an issue. Like I got to, I had these really nice things. Like I'm an LA Times bestselling author. I've worked with all these people. I actually worked in traditional book publishing. I know editors. I mean, still I'm friends with plenty of editors and um, I couldn't get an agent. And it became really clear to me. I mean, there was stuff wrong with the book, but I think it was more that I didn't have a, I didn't, it was like, so what you published a book 10 years ago and nobody cares, right? Like, mm. so I mean, how did, did I have anybody to like, was I going to sell my second book to the same people who bought 5150? I mean, maybe some, but it wasn't, I didn't have like a, an army of readers, right? So um, that was for me like a big wake up call around like I got to start figuring out a way to build a platform. And um, and I did. I mean, for me, I have focused on Instagram and I've you know, I I really like I started and then I stopped. And then this year I really last summer I had a real come to G actually in pandemic. I had a real come to Jesus where. I just kept getting in situations where I would end up doing like a lot of work for other people who had big platforms and I wasn't sort of getting any glory because I was like the non-platform person, right? Like it was like, well, you're not the star. So you, you go, you go over there, just do the work, go sit in the closet and type, you know? And it was like, you know, 
I was like, what are you, t- I am the star. Like, how do you not, <laughs> like, I, I can tap dance as fast as any of them, you know? This is, but it's so good for you to share this information because I think that now, even with the pandemic, people are realizing you can't just be offline because yeah. it's just not even a thing. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. what, how, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so challenging. Well. We're going to go over and keep this conversation going because I want to hear more about this challenge and how you've turned it all around, because I feel like so many people have this right where it's just totally like I'm going to focus over here as opposed. And I think the fear is that like we can't divide our focus. Right. Or it's like the not having time. But we do have to because we don't want to. We don't want to rob from that future self that's going to need that support, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, 10 minutes, you know, just three times a week, you know, sitting there on the toilet or blocking yourself in the bathroom and just be like, I'm going to make one tweet today. And even if it's a retweet with a snarky comment, like I'm just going to do it because I know that there's going to be that time where I'm in a room with somebody and they're going to be judging me in the same way that you've passed judgment on people as well. Like, oh, this is working. This isn't working. And we want to we don't want to have regret when those moments are happening. We want to know that, like, wow, I really did everything I could. And maybe this just isn't the time. And we don't want to say, like, God, I just didn't fucking hook myself up during this time. You know what I mean? But it's hard. It is something that it's like it's a new muscle that people are also learning now that they really have to flex. So, yeah. And I think it's I think a lot of times we think of creative projects as our children. And it's a little bit like. That's great if you can dress your kid up in a really cute outfit and send it out into the world, but you actually have to give it more skills than that, you know? And it does include like, like, do they need, like my kids, for some reason, both my kids, it's like, they need special, like my son needs like speech therapy now. And like, like what, I'm not going to do that. He's adorable. Right. But like, of course I'm going to give him what he needs in order to make him be, to help him be successful in life, you know? Um, whether that's painful or not, whether it's extra work or not, like I'm going to dedicate the time to ensure that like his road to success is smooth as possible. And it's no different for our creative projects, which require the same level of dedication. So. Oh, perfect. 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 You guys, we're going to hop on over uh, to my Patreon and keep this conversation with Kristen McGinnis going. If you want any information about Kristen McGinnis, you can get her at storyboxing.com. She's a fantastic coach and teacher. She's got I'm taking her current uh, five weeks to book proposal, the promotional rescue workshop book, promotional rescue workbook. That's what it is. I'm like, it's still new to me. (laughs) It's still new to me. And I'm learning so much about how to put this all together in a book so that I can present it to somebody. And uh, she's also got a memoir uh, workshop coming up as well. Uh, She's got her book 5150, which is available on all platforms uh, to get. So we're going to go over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Melanie Bessie and keep talking with Kristen about crushing book proposals. So we'll see you over there. See you soon.